listening to the podcast To Be Single or Not To Be by Shanna Montana, a podcast where we talk about the single life, dating, and relationships so you can make a decision at the end of each episode and decide to be single or not to be. That is the final question. So today's topic is surrendering to happiness. And I really wanted to bring this topic to the table because I think it's something that's so important, but it's something that so many of us forget to do or just plain struggle to do, myself included. So I felt it was absolutely necessary for us to shed some light in this area to let the listeners know what it really means, feels, and looks like to surrender to happiness and why they need to make it a priority starting today. So all of that said, you all know I had to bring in some awesome guests who I know will add some value to this conversation. And those guests are, up first, we have Miss Morgan from the Around and Within podcast. Say hello to the listeners. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? What's up? Glad to have you back. And we have Miss Nikisha, a.k.a. Nikki. Y'all heard her voice recently a few times. Hey, people. All right. So, ladies, I am pretty much going to get right to it. So I want to start by discussing something that I don't think, well, you know, I tend to say very many people don't think about things when I don't think about it. So (laughs) I like to say that, you know, (laughs) I don't think very many people think about or really know what it means to them personally yet. Or they may just have a lack of knowledge regarding this, you know, and why it might hold them back in so many areas. But what I'm referring to is the lone word surrender. So I want to ask you ladies, and either one of you can go first. What does that word mean to you? And how did you come to your own understanding of that word? Hmm. Well, I know for me, when I think of the word surrender, it's like to release total control. Hmm. Um, and that could be to a situation that could be to a person that could be to, you know, what have you. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of like how I summarize it at this point in life is that it's just releasing the control. And I came, I think I came across like realizing that's what it meant to me. Like just going through situations in life, like you can't control everything that happened. You know, yeah. I've come to realize I can control me. <laughs> so that's why I had to know that I have to, you know, the rest of that stuff is out of my hands. So, you know, that's where I ended up, you know, I can't control it. So that's, to me, a surrender. And it's not a negative connotation. It's more so, it's like just a realization. A realization yeah. like that. And Morgan, what yeah. would you say? Uh, I totally agree with you, Nikki. Uh, it is like, it's about relinquishing control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've realized that, you know, for me, I like to control how people view me mm-hmm. or uh, how people trust me mm-hmm. so much so that I'll put my intuition and my needs on the back burner um, for the sake of gaining the trust and admiration <laughs> of others. And so I realized that surrendering, like at this point in my life, means to surrender to myself and that need to control everything and learning just to to be. Yeah, just to be. I think that what you all both said is so profound because one, I'm a Virgo. I love to blame everything on astrology. And two, it's a character <laughs> trait that I, I really struggle to surrender and relinquish the control to me because I think that, you know, it's nothing wrong with wanting to be awesome in whatever you're doing. But I think when mm-hmm. you get to a point where you're, it's almost like you're trying to hold yourself to a level of perfection. 
And mm-hmm. absolutely, you are, you're trying to hold yourself to that level. But guess what? Like you said, you're trying to control everybody around you, their mind, their thoughts, you know, almost God-like to some extent, knowing, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I am a religious person. So, you know, I tend to, I, I understand on one hand that God is in control, but on the other hand, it's like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Because I'm still trying to control it, even though I know I don't have any control. So right. that is the the balance of it all. And I think you have to get to a certain place in life where you start to understand, like, if I don't relinquish some of this control, then I'm going to drive myself crazy and I'm going to drive everybody else around me away from me. Absolutely. So that's the, 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 the safe thing to say. So I really like the perspective that both of you all gave. And I read something, I read it in an article today, and this person said, and this was like, to me, one of the almost perfect definitions of how to describe the way that I look at control. And it said, um, the person said they were not able to surrender to life and to themselves until they got to a space where they could occupy a reality without the shouldas and the wouldas and could face whatever was conquering them at that particular moment. And I felt like that was so profound because, you know, we sit in so many, you all know everything that's going on in the world today. And we mm-hmm. just try to figure out what you know we dissect what happened yesterday what's gonna happen tonight what's gonna happen tomorrow but i think until we get into that space of being able to occupy reality without all the questions then that's gonna be when we truly truly surrender so i thought it was profound and i wanted to say that so what does it you know you all have given your definition of what surrendering look like what surrendering is but what does that look like in your reality when you think about kind of like your relationships how do you maneuver that surrender lack of control even though you are dealing with a whole nother human being and it's Mm -hmm. innate that you want to have some control in there so how do you maneuver the surrender when you are in a relationship and not drive yourself crazy oh I'll go ahead and say, um, for me, like relinquishing control and putting myself first okay. uh, is realizing that the people who really love me want that for me, right? right? They want right, me right. the authentic Morgan. And that's all that I need in my life, whether it be in love, in uh, friendship, in and even even work and anything right. and family, like the only people that I need to surround myself with are those who want me to, you know, put myself first and relinquish that control um, so that they can accept me for who I am instead of me trying to control how they view me. Right. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's, that's how I navigate that. I like that. And I think it's one of those things. And this is a question I feel like for the past few episodes has come up. And I always like to ask the guest because it's one of those things. I know you all probably have seen it on social media where um, people talk about like cheating and normalizing it. And one thing mm-hmm. that we probably talk about is that, you know, I feel like if a person really loves me, they won't cheat on me. But then you have another person that says, well, people that love people hurt people all the time. And that is true. People do those things. So I see both sides of it. But I also think it goes back to what you were saying, Morgan, that I think when we have the right people in our lives, then those are the people that we don't have to worry about those things with. And I think, you know, the word cheating can go in place of a lot of things, you know, you know, it's it's a lot of things that can go down that list, but I think it drives that point home even more. And I brought it up because it's something that constantly comes up. If we look at, if we have the right people in the right spaces and we're doing the right things, then ultimately if we are willing to relinquish control control and surrender, then it, it may be an easier job than we tend to think. 
So I think also like when you know that both people are feeling that same way about one another, it's like, I want you to be your true authentic self. Yes. There's also that space for communication, right? Yes. Before anything. Yes. Crazy <laughs> happens where you can say, Hey, I'm feeling this way. And I know that you care about me and I know that I can come to you honestly and, and with yes. this vulnerability and see how we can work through it before, right. you know, one person goes off and does something because they're afraid to even have the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Yes. What would you say about that, Nikisha? I know for me, when it comes to, and I can speak on like relationships, um, like I said, for her definition of surrender, I also had that thing with, um, it was me trying to make sure that people saw me in the way that I thought that I should be seen. Right. You know, so that was the controlling aspect of it. Like, you know, learning from your past relationships and what we all, our part we played. And so it's like, I knew that that was a big issue for me. Like, I want you to know that I'm this true caring person, but I want you to respond in a grateful or appreciative way, you know, and that was the control. And so I had to understand as far as surrendering and relationships for me, that is me being able, that's trust for me. Yeah. Like being able to surrender is me trusting you. That's me trusting that you are going to, um, have that respect for me and whatever the situation may be, that's you listening to me, that's, you know, you wanting to be open with me. And because if you're open with me, then of course I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to surrender the wall I may have up if it's something that me trying to see if I want to, you know, get to that space with you. So when it comes to relationships at this point, um, you have to be able to one speak <laughs> like communication is so big for me. And that is like the biggest, I feel like these days, that's like the biggest barrier of everything. And, but that's the most control you have over anything right. is what you say, how you say it to people. So, um, being able to surrender for me is me allowing you into this space because yeah. I feel like my space is pretty damn dope right now. <laughs> you know, I'm cool. I'm happy, but you coming in this space and me trusting that, you know, you're not going to, you know, rock the boat, you know, you're going to respect me. You're going to come with your authentic self, like uh, Morgan said, because I want to be able to present the same to you. Right. And even if you rock the boat, it's OK, because guess what? We can have a conversation about it. I can tell you. Yeah, that. absolutely. Rock the boat. I don't like what just happened. And I feel like it's a safe space versus. I'm just going to choose to not say anything because I think that's yep. controlling the outcome by not communicating. I'm going to say something and make it okay. And I think something yep. else uh, pointed out, Nikki, was that um, as far as like how we try to get people to view us, because I always say it's very, um, I kind of laugh to myself out loud, to, my, to myself out loud. I kind of laugh to myself <laughs> when I look on social media and you see things where people are like proclaiming like who they are. And and what I mean by that is I'm big. I feel like if you are a caring person, if you are a nice person, if you are a good daughter or a good aunt or a great basketball player, guess what? You don't have to say it out loud. We never hear, you know, Steph Curry walking around saying, I'm a great three-point shooter. We never exactly (laughs) walking around saying like, I'm the best first lady ever. But guess what? We all know this about her. So I think Mm -hmm. one of those things is biggest as far as, um, communication goes is so important but I think on the other side of that is so many things that can go without saying when you are living up to you who you are and when you're in the right space with the right person and that leads yep. to you know I brought up you know social media because it's so much a part of everything we do I think that 
what letting go to me like really looks like right now is letting go of what society thinks, like letting go of what yeah. my family may think, letting go of what my friends may think, even mm-hmm. letting go of what I may have thought about. <laughs> I think yes. in certain situations that, you know, I've been able, been blessed to be a part of recently. It was like, I had to let go of some of the notions that I thought about myself and trying to control. Again, it goes back to, what another person was going to think about me when I was thinking with some old antiquated information, you know, thinking about in relationships. I'll just go back to um episode we had a couple of weeks ago about relationship timeline. I used to be this person that I had got to this place of, I definitely was not surrendering. I had got to living up in this place of fear of what was going to come in my next relationship. But I said, mm-hmm. well, if, I don't go over his house for three months. That's going to make it okay. If I don't have sex for a year, that's going to make it okay. If I don't uh, kiss him for this, I made all these timelines in my head to protect myself because I would always say we do things out of a place of love or out of a place of fear. And I was Mm -hmm. in this place of fear and I was controlling and restricting myself to the point where it's like, Girl, who about to show up and want to be with you? We all, yeah. Who about like you preventing your own like progression or happiness or you know like experience or whatever render timeline own happiness? What we talking about? Like so that yeah. is why this was inspired because I was like, girl, you were killing yourself softly with with your mm-hmm. own words, you know? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? So I felt like that was super important for me to realize, and it took absolutely. Some surrendering, some, you know, experiences, as we'll call them, some lessons to go through and learn. Like, you did all of that and you still wound up alone. So, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. All the things that you were doing are the reason why you ended up alone. Exactly. Like, you're trying to do it so that you won't be alone, only that is the very thing that is is keeping you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was the absolute thing. So it was like, yeah, I absolutely had learned to let that go. And I had, to, I don't even say the hard way. I learned now I can laugh at it, fortunately. You know, but in the midst of it all, it wasn't funny at all. I'm like, why is this happening to me? This, uh, you know, I had this perfect outline of how this was going to go. And when I showed up for the job, it didn't go like that. And I was trying to figure out, you know, why somebody was getting fired, you know? So, <laughs> Something else that we talked about was, um, you know, certain things I talked about, like shoulda, coulda, woulda. Sometimes those control us too much. And but we've spoken on like we can control ourselves. We can control certain actions. Do you all think there are shoulds that we can control? You know, when I think about like actions, reactions. And if so, do other people play a role in this or do we solely? Is that a solo gig? Hmm. I think it's like a mix between the two. Like, I always say that, um, and I had this conversation. I'm glad you had. I was about to say, I had this conversation with somebody today, and I'm asking this for a reason, because I'm going to tell y'all what they mm-hmm. said, and we had to agree to disagree. So tell me what you think. Okay. So, like, case in point, uh, here recently, I had a, um, a unwelcome uh, uh, communication from an ex. Okay. And the question was... <laughs> The question was, um, well, haven't I heard from you or yada, 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 you know, same old, same old. Yeah. The most hated question of all time um, is the reason, duh, X. Um, but, 
And, you know, it went down the whole deal of, you know, because I'm in a, I'm in a, a different space. So you coming at me in this space, you're not going to get the same reaction you probably thought you'd get before. And I said, I was like, to be honest with you, I'm good. Um, I maneuvered based upon what was presented to me. Mm-hmm. I could not control what was presented to me. Um, these days, that's how I live. I, 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 I maneuver through life. I react to certain things. I don't say things to certain you know, situations based upon how it's presented and how I want to feel after it's over with. So it's like, sometimes, yes, people can come at you different ways, especially in relationships. Like your partner could come to you and they present either a horrible disposition for the day or some outlandish or outrageous accusations or something, you know, something crazy. And it's up to you to either feed into what they're doing because again, that's their method of control. So they're not surrendering anything. They're trying to navigate the situation or you can decide that whatever you're going to do is going to be in your own best interest. And so that's kind of how, you know, I landed upon it being like a mix between the two because yeah, you do have to surrender to certain situations, um, to even prevent him from escalating, you know? So surrendering is not like, oh, I just gave up, I let him win. No, I surrendered to me staying happy, (laughs) you know, instead of me falling into the pits of this damn argument that's gonna go on forever and ever. So, you know, I just kind of figure it's, sometimes it's a little bit of column A, column B, you know? Yeah. What would you say, Morgan? What do you think? When I think about the question and you say Mm -hmm. like the should, right? When you say shoulds or coulds, I think I I equate those to our expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm. Sometimes like our expectations of what a relationship should look like or how a conversation should go, et cetera. Um, we then, well, for me, I'll just say we, we then go to a place of like, okay, my expectation is this and I want my reality to match. Right. And then um, we will kind of rethink about how we want to approach it, okay. which might go against what we want, which might go against our happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't actually even have to be an argument. Um, I actually just got into a conversation with my partner about this, about a decision that I could have made, you know, that could have been detrimental to the relationship, but he was very much like, okay, but if you wanted to make this decision, that's you. Like, I'm not going to stop you from making any decisions yeah. that you would want to make. I would then, right. I would then just look at that decision that you made and then decide up, upon what I wanted to do. Right. But you know, because because we both come to a place of like this relationship shouldn't look like a certain thing, right? Like we should just be living this relationship and living in our truths and living in our authentic as our authentic selves. Right. And you know, of course, we're putting in the effort and the work to make it work, but not at the expense of ourselves. Yeah. Right. What it is that we want in various moments. Mm-hmm. So to your point of like other things that we should or shouldn't do, I think that there are things we, we might need to like think some things through yeah. to decide like, is this, is this decision that I'm making or is this reaction that I have, does that fulfill me now? Or is that something right. that's going to make me happy? Um, and then we can go from there. Yeah. Not, not, not thinking two, two steps ahead. Yeah. And, how is this going to affect something two steps ahead that I want that that I want to happen or to meet this expectation that I have, even if that means that I have to sacrifice 
some of myself and what I want. Yeah. Yeah. And I love because that expectation could change in the future too. So like, like you said, like we're thinking, you know, about something two steps ahead. We'll say two steps ahead doesn't look like that, you know? So you're making a decision based on that. But then once you get there, it's like, oh. I did all of that. I sacrificed myself. Exactly. Like, I did this for that. So, you know, she said, Morgan, it stood out. I know I've gotten to a place in dealing with people where, and this is another part of my surrender. I feel like my surrender has so many levels to it where I've been in a situation with a partner. And I think, you know, men, I believe sometimes do a better job with this. If I come and say it's a predicament and I made a decision and then my partner has said to me, well, you know, I'm not going to try to control you. That's 100 percent your prerogative to make that decision. But just know if you make that decision, I have a choice to make whatever decision I want to. And in the past, mm-hmm. I've struggled with being like, what do you mean you got a decision to make? Like even trying to control him in that moment, like you should react like this. What you mean? You know, so that's one part. Right. And then I think there was something else she said to Keisha in regards to especially when people come back from our past. So no, the conversation I was having earlier was in regards to um, when you get into relationships, ultimately, you know, we all have our different levels and ways that we operate within. And I think the gist of what we were talking about was like, when you get to a place of understanding that your happiness comes above everything, what is it that you are willing to put up with it? Or what is it that you're able to sacrifice to say, I will or will not stay in this relationship. And we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. one person could be like, you know, um, you posted a picture on social media that I didn't like. I'm out. You know, and I may say, like, that's petty. You gonna leave over that? However, I mean, if their level of, of, of tolerance, everybody has different levels. If their level yeah. of tolerance is that, it's like I really can't get mad. But then on the other hand, I'm like, if I come in the house and I don't know, you didn't put the bed, the new bed together, like you said you were gonna put up. Is that grounds for me to leave? I'm like, no, that's petty, you know? But in that conversation, me and that person, we were like, ultimately, when it comes to the happiness and the surrendering to what you think is right or what you think the shoulda, coulda, woulda been, everybody has their own tolerance. And you have to get to a place where you you do create your own truth and your own traditions and your own relationship rules, so to call them, so that you mm-hmm. will know, you know, I may say this to Morgan and Nikki, like my partner said, he ain't tolerating this, but y'all may be like, my partner don't have no problem with that, but I can't go home yeah. saying what well, a man said this. My nigga don't care. Like, so <laughs> like it, it operates in different ways. And I think that's a part of it. I think that what that goes to is we cannot get to a place where we want to compare. You cannot compare. Right. Absolutely. Compare what everybody else is doing. And you damn sure can't compare what, you know, what society says you should be doing or what your relationship should look like or how long you should be with a person before you go on a date with them, you know, all that kind of crazy stuff. So mm-hmm. I think both you know, of them. Go ahead. To your point of comparison, like the times in which I felt the need to compare my relationship is when I was incredibly unhappy in my relationship. Ooh. But mm. I'm really happy in my relationship. Like I can look at something that somebody else has going on and they could be doing something totally different. I'd be like, oh, wow, that's real cool. Yeah. No. All right, well, <laughs> we're here having a great time. Right. I'm not even thinking twice about it. I'm like, look at all these multifaceted relationships, all these different yeah. things that vary. Ours is great over here. I'm not even worried about how I can incorporate or what my man, you know, does and doesn't tolerate because yeah. we've communicated enough to know, like, this is what works for us and that over there can work for them. Yeah. It doesn't have to... I don't have to compare it. Yeah, yep. and it doesn't have to intertwine. But it was she, what she said. When you are unhappy, everything looks better. 
Everything. Absolutely. Everything. The grass is green. Oh, you know, hell and back on the other side, and you still think it looks good. <laughs> when you are happy, you don't even see other people. Like, who? What? <laughs> My man right here. So, right. So true. So tell me, you know, and I think this is important for the listeners to know, and you all can speak to your own experience. You know, what does surrender look like when it comes to relationships of all kinds? And I'll start out by saying, I think surrender, being able to feel like you have surrendered to your happiness in a relationship for me looks like freedom. And what I mean by that is not being able to, you know, be out here frolicking around with other people. It means like Morgan was mentioning, being free to know that my person and that our relationship is ours. It's unique. We created our own thing, but also free for me to still be myself. Not saying that I think when you get in a relationship when you're single, you do. I think it's natural for me to have to make some concessions or some compromises in order to get on the same page because you're bringing somebody else into your world. But I think mm-hmm. I still want to be free. Like I love to travel. I have to be with somebody that still is okay with me doing that. I like to have a social life. I like a lot of quality time with my partner, but I do like a ladies' night every now and again. So being able, I do like my friends to come over, basically spend time maybe apart from my partner, whatever it may look like, I just want to feel free and not constricted because this is something, you know, in prior relationships, I dealt with people who had a problem, like they got with me and I was one way. And then when we got together, they had something to say about everything about me. And it was like, why, why do you like me again? Like what? What other than, you know, the physical <laughs> because you clearly don't like anything. I mean, like you want me to become a step for wife. So for me, one of the things I think when you're in a relationship was surrendering to your happiness and what that truly feels and looks like for me would be freedom. What would you all say for you? And you could speak maybe more into your relationship or Nikisha to any situation. What's that look like for you? Um, surrendering to happiness is actually like being open to being happy for me. Mm. So like, I think, um, a lot of us, um, at least for me growing up, like, you know, you're taught to be prepared for X, Y, and Z, but nobody tells you how to navigate or own your own joy or happiness in life. Right. And I, I had to come to realize that, you know, in more recent years that, you know, that's something I had to learn on my own as far as like how to own that and not be scared of it because I've been in relationships or situationships or something new and it felt too good. So I'm like, you feel a little bit too happy about this situation? Something is about to fall out. Like you know, like that. We have to you know, and, and, you know, and it's sad, and it's it's not. I'm not gonna say sad, but it's unfortunate that. I mean, it's not. A lot of people think that way. Like some yeah. things to get to the point where it would be too good to be true, and then you don't want to feel what it feels like to realize, damn, it was too good to be right true so instead of you know going through all that you kind of like prevent yourself from experiencing that entire you know moment so for me it's like surrendering to my own happiness in a relationship is being open to enjoy whatever the moment is regardless of what it may look like in a month you know regardless of what people think a timeline should or should not be like if i'm happy right now with me I'll have this person come in my space and we're doing good and we're vibing this month or next month or next year. Like just being open to be in the moment instead of thinking about what can happen or what may come up in like a minute, <laughs> you know? With those listeners. Don't be out here messing with, if you want a relationship, messing with no man telling you we going to see or we going to go with the flow. Absolutely. Not about that. <laughs> 
Them brothers not trying to be in a relationship. They not. We gonna see. Let's no. be clear. If you say we gonna see, you say I gotta go. We gonna go mm-hmm. the other way. So let's be clear. There's a distinction between being with somebody that you are headed in the same direction and you are taking your joy one day at a time. Absolutely. Plan a year from now and what are we gonna get married? What the wedding gonna be like? X Y Z versus somebody playing with you that you only see after. 12 a.m. Tell you we yeah go. definitely come up front with what you expect oh, when, when, while you're out here dating or looking to be dating or whatever like that. Definitely come with your things like that up front. Don't come like oh okay well if you say that I'll go along with it. No, don't be stupid. Don't that's dumb. <laughs> but also like but also recognizing like if that's what you want if you're yeah. trying to only see two. Okay. Oh, sure. it's also not wrong I think a lot of, there's plenty of women who think like okay this has got to look a certain way mm-hmm. and it isn't like you can have your fun and be like okay yeah we'll see cool you'll see that works for me too <laughs> um, <laughs> but to your point about like uh being open to your happiness and feeling like things are too good to be true I'm reading this book The Big Leap by Gay Hendrix okay and uh he talks about the upper limit problem and how everyone, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say everyone, kind of has this voice. Like when things are working too, when things are looking too good, something will come in and be like, no, 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 this is wrong. Some, the shoe's about to drop. Something's about to happen. You see it with celebrities. You see it with Bill Clinton, when, with Monica Lewinsky. Like when things yeah. are going great, we try to sell, we sabotage it. Or we, right. we like, oh, no, this is too good. Like I've got to do something to step in the way. Oh. Um, but the people who live the lives that they deserve or have the love that we're like, wow, why can't I have that love? We can once yeah. we get past that voice and that thing yeah. telling us like, mm, you don't deserve this. This, yeah. can't be mm-hmm. this isn't you. You're not supposed to have this much happiness. Right. Um, yeah, we I'm definitely like, stand in our own way. It's like you are your own roadblock. <laughs> Nobody else, you know, you can't blame anybody else. I, it's me. <laughs> so definitely that's that self-sabotage because I used to have a friend this was back like college days and we would be like dating somebody when I didn't really date nobody in college I'm gonna say after college um she would always be like just wait for the big boom that's what she would call it and she'd be like the big boom is when he gonna do something to mess up so when you say so I did like I ingrained in my head like, I'm and I had to get it out of my head. Like, I'm reading the four agreements right now. And one of the things was like, uh, what's the fourth one? Don't make assumptions. So it's like, if mm-hmm. I'm in the lap of luxury, the lap of happiness, girl, just assume that you're going to be happy forever. Like, yeah. that's what it is. Absolutely. And like, just wait for the big boom. You're speaking that into existence. You're like, all right, a boom is coming because you keep talking about it. Damn. And then that's how you're going to operate. Right? I didn't know, you know, back then, I didn't know about the universe and manifesting and speaking. Mm-hmm. So now I thought it out, but I look back and laugh. And when I talk to her, I'm always like, you know, you remember the big boom? But she still believes in the big boom. So. No, ma'am. Has, no booms. Has she been having a lot of booms? Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure she has because she put that boom out there. Talking about it's coming. Yes, it's, it's coming. You invited it in the moment you said it. We <laughs> stop talking about the booms. Yeah, we, we are not doing that. Twenty-one. No more big booms and no more limiting. But what do you call it in your book you're reading? Upper limit problem. Upper limit yes. problem. No, upper limit problem. Talk about that more. Upper limit problem. Yeah, that's it's so true because I even think about like, um, so you know, outside of the podcast, I try to do things on my personal side of Shannon Montana. And so I feel like, you know, this is I'm going into year two of the podcast. And I because you know, year one was like, let me do this and just see if I like it before I get real mm-hmm. serious. And so then I realized, okay, I like it. 
I'm going in a year two. I'm finding my rhythm. And like, I'm already like my mindset is already in a, at another space. And several times I've had to talk to myself because I would start thinking about, you know, all because as far as like trying to get sponsorships and growing a brand. And then you start, I start having these thoughts to try to creep in like, girl, like, who are you to think that you can do X, Y, Z? So it's mm-hmm. like breaking that own barrier. It's not by relationship, but just surrendering yep. to my own ability of greatness. Absolutely. And, I had to, you know, push through. I'm like, you know, I'm in a great creative space. I'm doing what I want to do. And it's like, you know, don't, don't speak, don't manifest anything other than what you desire. So mm-hmm. it's all about, I think I always say Rome wasn't built in a day. My self-improvement wasn't built in a day. So every time those thoughts try to creep in for whatever the situation may be, I just instantly try to go back to it. And I know everybody's not a huge fan of Iyala Van Zandt, you know, fix my life. But I take little gems from her stuff. And one thing I always remember that she said is anytime you are having a negative thought or you're thinking about a negative situation, she was like, stop and make a different decision. Change the thought that you are having. And that Mm -hmm. literally, I picture myself like driving down the road and slamming on brakes and like turning the other way. Like you don't have to think this way. You don't have to go down this rabbit hole. So I think that's something that a lot of people can, you know, take away from. And on that note, we'll be right back to continue this conversation. And we're back. So we talked a little bit. We touched a little bit on self-sabotage earlier, and it really triggered something in a good way in my mind that I wanted us to be able to touch on this a little bit more because this is something, self-sabotage is something I've had about two men in my life that they didn't get really a lot of time out of me, but they did tell me, they was telling me, I think that I was self-sabotaging because they just want to be with me and I ain't like them like that, you know, so quiet. <laughs> So, so I'm asking this question. You know, I think in relationships, do you all think we sometimes really miss out on our happiness because we don't know how to, or we won't allow ourselves to surrender to ourselves? And what I mean by that is when it comes to relationships, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, um, when it comes to relationships where things have aligned and you are not dealing with the wrong fit, as I like to say, you are with the right person. Do we sometimes not receive the happiness that the universe is handing us in a self-sabotage kind of way? Like we talked about, feels like it's too good to be true. We feel like we don't deserve it. We feel like I'm not ready. We feel like he's trying to move too fast or she's trying to move too fast. Do you all think think that we kind of create all these narratives in our minds to block the happiness that, that that's sitting right there waiting at the hem of our garment? And I see yes. you shaking your head. You all do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think full, I think total happiness is unknown and that can scare mm. us. Absolutely. It <laughs> can be very comfortable in turmoil and toxicity and Ooh. in the back and forth and the arguments and things and the, and the extra work that it takes for work that it takes for a relationship. Cause we've always been taught like nah, relationships take work. So yeah. it's not a whole bunch of work, then it must be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> and go getting over that hump of like, wait a minute, this could be like amazing. Right. It's really scary. It can be scary for, for something that's so unknown. For total happiness is so unknown. So I'm gonna ask this question: Do you all think? Well, no, I'm gonna wait and ask that one because it's a good one. Total <laughs> happiness is unknown. So uh, is everybody just walking around unhappy? I think happiness is relative to the person. My happy don't look like you're happy. You know, that's, that's um, you know, because like 
the smallest thing can make a person happy or the biggest thing can make a person happy. You know, just like our relationships aren't built the same. So like what I value as like what's making my relationship work yeah. may not work in the other person's relationship. So, yeah, I think I don't think that everyone's walking around happy. I do think people are walking around unhappy and they don't realize it's because they are making a choice not to be happy. Mm. Um, but I don't think that you know, we're just intentionally, you know, just walking around. Nobody's truly, like you said, total happiness is not, you know, happening. I mean, we all have our own levels that we're trying to meet, but hmm, I think for me, it's like my, I have to realize that my happiness is based upon me and what I do though. So what and not about that other person, their relationship. Well, you know, but I think that we have to understand this is something I'm big on because I talk to a lot of guys about this is understanding that while I do have my own happiness that I'm responsible for, if I choose to be partnered with you, guess what? You are very responsible for my happiness, too, in the sense that I look at it like you are playing with my life, because if I'm choosing to, say, walk down the aisle with you. And yes, you do have to have your own uh-huh. happiness before you get into somebody else, like because you are two separate beings. However, I think in relationships, mm-hmm. this is why I'm so big on, you know, trying to be in the right space because w- breakups are very debilitating to me. And so when I am dealing with a person, I've had men, I've told them, like, if you are going to choose to get into a situation with me or a relationship and choose to play with me, um, whether it's intentionally or not intentionally, I feel like you are playing with my life. You are playing with my happiness. So, Morgan, what do you think about that? Do you think that when we get into relationships that even though we are responsible, I want to keep saying that, we are responsible for being separate and apart in our own happiness, does the partner play as big of a part in our happiness as well? I disagree. Okay. I think that um, as someone who has been married, okay, uh, I made the conscious decision to get married to someone who was not naturally like one. Okay. Going back to kind of what I said previously, it's like when I'm being my authentic self and someone else is being their authentic selves, it's really not. And and we're meant to be together. It's really not that much work. Right. Like I know how to make myself happy and it, and and it meshes with you and, and you making yourself happy meshes. Um, And at that point, I'm, I'm still responsible for my happiness. He's still responsible for his happiness and it just works together. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got married, I was, it didn't necessarily mesh. Right. And it wasn't his responsibility. I should have said, okay, wait a minute. I'm looking at all these different signs mm-hmm. and all these things that are showing, like, I can't really be my authentic self. And that's not your fault. Cause maybe I'm just not the best for you. Just like, you're not the best for me. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like, um, you know, this person now has to do an ex- an extra amount, um, an extra amount, have put in, put forth an effort, extra amount of, of effort to make me happy, to fill in some extra voice. Like you can pour into me. Um, let me give another example. Okay. So again, in this book, The Big Leap, he talks about like people bringing 100% to the relationship, right? right? So we're divvying up 200%. It's not a hundred. It's not. It's not. We're we're a hundred percent together. No, we're two hundred percent together. And I'm gonna bring a hundred percent of myself, and you're gonna bring a hundred percent of yourself. And I take a hundred percent of responsibility to make sure that I'm happy, and you take one hundred percent of responsibility to make sure you're happy, and to make sure that you're doing what it what you can to make this relationship work. 
And so if I'm if I'm taking 100 percent responsibility, I can't expect you to take 120 percent responsibility to make sure that I'm happy and you're happy and everything. Mm-hmm. Is well, right. I've got to take on that responsibility. So. And if, and if you, and if it does take you 120%, then maybe it's not meant to be, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not supposed to work. So how do, so that's a great perspective that you brought forward. And I've heard, um, if you all watch Black Love on OWN, um, mm-hmm. the first time I heard that said about the 100-100 was from Viola Davis and her husband. She was the okay. first time I heard her say was like, it's 100, it's not 50, 60, uh, 50, 50, 60, 40, none of that. Right. We both are showing up 100% to make this work because she talked about that, make sure that nobody feels like the other is doing more or dragging behind, you know, you're giving the same right. effort. So how do you all, you know, how do you think that people can get away from thinking that their partner is responsible for 120 and they're only responsible for 100%? Okay. Self-reflection in the sense of like, well, how much are you doing? Okay. Do you, do you feel like you gave a hundred percent? And like, even when it comes to when you're thinking about the percentages, it's like, so say we're doing 50, 50. So that means I'm, I'm showing up. I'm already half, I'm already only half full. So I can only give half the effort. And now I'm leaning into you already in a relationship, you know, expecting you to give the other half of that effort for just me. And so I had to realize that, you know, I can't come in and I'm, I'm, I used to be one of those people that gave over the hundred constantly, you know, and you feel every inch over the hundred that you give to a person that wasn't showing up with theirs. And I didn't like how it felt to be the person to give more than a hundred, but I also didn't like how it felt to see the person who showed up with a little 30, 40, 50%. And that's where you had these unbalanced relationships. Like they show up like, Oh, I ain't got to come up with, you know, X, Y, and Z, the expectations are low or whatever you throw it in, how you want to. And that person is always filling the gap. So I'm good. They're not going to ever get to the hundred because the expectation is I'm always going to overshoot. And so I had to say, I can only show up 100% of the time for me, Yeah. period. And I own that happiness. I know that every day when I wake up, I choose that happiness. Yes, it'll be, I, I want you to show up and contribute to what makes our relationship happy, you know, but my own personal happiness, I can't, I can no longer give that control over to someone else because at the end of the day, you, you may not be permanent. So when you leave, that means I'm allowing you to take my happiness with you. You know, you know, I can't, you know, that's one of those things that you don't want to surrender is your happiness to someone else. You want to surrender to the happiness, but not to surrender your happiness to someone else who may or may not be a permanent fixture. And that's so true. It's, and it's, it's I'm sitting there, I, every episode, I feel like things are opening to me and it shows the growth that I have to do because I think I've gotten to the halfway point. I understand the concept that was both putting in, but honestly, before now, I did feel like, you know, to some extent, you know, this person, like you bet not hurt me or you bet not do this when you can't control that. Like you cannot, you know, it's a number of things that can happen that can cause hurt and pain in a relationship. But I think again, if it's your person, like you all are saying, then it's going to be easier. So I think myself and the listeners can relate to that. And so that leads me to ask you all, if you had to think about your own happiness, what would you say are the top three things right now that bring you the most happiness? And I'm not talking about food or a vacation, you know, at the <laughs> core of who you are. You know, I'll be right talking about macaroni and cheese. Um, you know, <laughs> macaroni and cheese does make me happy. It sure <laughs> does. Don't <laughs> sleep. 
But at the core fiber, the fabric of who you are, what are the three things right now that bring you the most happiness? Um, for me, it's the ability to be vulnerable. Okay. Um, having having people in my life to be that vulnerable, um, and then and then feel the the ability to be vulnerable with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, achievement makes me happy mm-hmm. and um kind of understanding and continuing to dig deep and learn my authentic self and becoming my authentic self makes me really happy i love mm. that that's on my list as well understanding understanding myself understanding the people around me i'm just now getting to a place in my life that i feel like i'm unlocking layers of who i am it's yeah. almost like playing a game, you know, you're unlocking like, oh, I feel like I just tapped into something else. I understand me yeah. and I can mm-hmm. be for myself and the people around me and, you know, using my voice in that way. So, Nikisha, you can go, but that just stood out to me. But I love all three of those. Hmm. My happiness is being okay with... Um, being okay in knowing that I may not always uh, meet the goal, but knowing that I actually put in the effort for it because I used to always base my happiness on me actually succeeding at every single thing I wanted. Mm-hmm. And it may not be that I needed to succeed at it. It just may, may have been that I needed to do the journey to get there. So I, I definitely uh, have had to, I've tapped into that and realized that I feel really good about myself and I'm okay, you know, with doing that. Um, happiness, honestly, outside of, like you said, food and travel or things like that, I am most happy when I am still. Because, mm. Shaina, you know how I am as a person. <laughs> always. Steady, busy. And I've had to, I've decided that I'm real. I don't have to always be busy and be happy because I always thought that, that my happiness is me seeing other people happy. Mm-hmm. And it, it shouldn't take for me to see other people happy for my happiness to exist because people may not always be happy. Right. So I know that when I'm sitting still and I'm not doing anything, I am, my mind isn't racing, you know, I'm at peace with my own um, existence and I'm okay with that. Like that is a, a very joyous space in life was I'm not going, I'm not doing I'm just here, you know, and I'm okay with me, you know. And the third thing would be is constantly knowing and seeing that there are going to be small changes in me. So I'm not going to always wake up being the exact same person as I may have been yesterday or the day before. And so it's not like meeting a totally new person, but um, learning, you know, bits and pieces about what actually makes the person that I already am. So love that. Love all of And I think that I would say my other two, one was understanding. The other one was um, what is makes me the happiest is my relationships and not saying that everybody has to be happy in my relationships. What I mean by that is like my family or my nieces and nephews or my friends, you know, or my social relationships, you know, just having those because they go through ebbs and flows. They go up and down, you know, um, but I think at my age, I have a very solid core groups because I have multiple groups around me. And so being able to, I would say, lean into those relationships because we absolutely need those as we get older. I don't care if you're partnered or not. That's something that you need. So those make me happy after the understanding. And then another relationship, another thing that makes me, um, I would say, very happy is growth. And this may be connected to understanding, but 
getting to a place where I, I feel like, you know, being a very humble place where it's like, you don't know everything, but even, you know, if people come to you for advice or congratulate you on something or bring some, some say achievement, it kind of goes back to some of the things you all said to your attention, being able to just receive it from the right place and yeah. know that, you know, I'm only trying to get better. Like I'm so appreciative of any accolade or achievement or any praise I get. I, I appreciate it, but I'm so humble. And I know that, you know, I, I don't look like what I've been through. I wasn't <laughs> <for> that, so <laughs> <laughs> always show up on lock the next level. So those are things. And I think I want to just challenge each of the listeners, if that's something that you've never thought about or hadn't thought about recently, to just think about what are the three things, you know, right now that bring you the most happiness. And if you have more than three, great. If you have just three, great. But if you are struggling to think of just one, it's some stuff that you absolutely need to tap into. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we'll be right back. This now brings us to the Living Single segment of the podcast. It's simply a segment where we want to send you good vibes, good energy, and give good advice on any questions that you may have about being single, dating, or relationships. Remember, nothing is off limits. So, welcome to the Living Single segment of the show, and let's get into it. And now this brings us to the Living Single segment. And this question was sent in via the website where you can send yours at www.tobesingleornottobe.com. So it says, this may seem like a bit of an odd question. However, based on what I've been listening to on this show, I think you all can handle it. So I've been with my partner for about eight months and we started having sex around the three month mark. Oddly enough, I am a woman who prefers that her partner not last long in bed. I am more of a five to 10 minute girl and let's get it done. I'm trying not to laugh. I should laugh. (laughs) Um, This is where the problem lies. My partner lasts too damn long. He is more of a 30 to 45 minute man. And this is not even including foreplay. I don't know if he is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he has a bionic pain or what, but he can go all night. Sometimes I have to tell him that I am done and tapped out on my own like WWE. (laughs) I know that he doesn't like it when I do it, and I don't want to compromise this area of our relationship. So how can I handle this issue so I stay true to who I am and what I like while making sure my man is happy as well? I'm going to let y'all go now I'm gonna say this before anybody answer. Since you got a problem that people would love to have <laughs> people would love to have that problem right now. I'm telling you, like I'm be honest, it's it's rare to I, I have encountered some people that are like that. They just not into the whole I mean I had to be a marathon, but right. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm guessing, but he not doing this like I don't think back to back or even maybe every night. I don't know. But yeah, mm. he got a good problem. I don't know how much of service I can be to answer this question because I don't um, get it. You know, like I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Ultimately, my my question, my first question would be like, have you had the conversation? Because yeah. maybe y'all can work something out, right? Yeah. Like, it's like okay, he's waiting all day, and now he's trying to get all days of a workup in, yeah. right? Like maybe y'all can split it up, like do morning, afternoon and night. And then he's uh, like, all right, like, 
you know, speech, and then he still got his whole 30 minutes and you not, you know. Yeah, or or maybe it's for for her, like she says she's, she knows she doesn't like, you know, nothing past probably what, five or 10 minutes. Well, maybe it's trying to figure out what it is that can, that arouses her Mm -hmm. to a point to where, five to 10 minutes is, I mean, it's cool and all, but that she may maybe want to do 15 minutes, you know, maybe won't be up to 20, you know, and it doesn't have to always be like the act of having sex that it has to be that five to 10 minutes. It could be, you know, like she says, like maybe a different type of foreplay. Maybe it's something like in that department you may like that could extend that time. I don't know. I mean, personally, I'm not in that category. So, like you, I don't know how much to lend. All I could do is like, if he don't know, he's not going to know. He's just going to be offended, to be completely honest. He's going to be offended. He's going to think you don't want to have sex with him. If every time you all have sex, it's feel like, okay, I'm done with you. Like that's, that's probably how it's going to feel to him. And it may not be what it is. So like you said, you have to have a conversation about it, you know, because if not, Either you gonna feel like you're doing something you don't want to do, or he gonna feel like, well, damn, she don't fuck with me. So he might fuck with somebody else. So. <laughs> I think number one, like Morgan said, they have to communicate. She has to say something that she hasn't already. I'm assuming that she hasn't. And then I think they have to really sit down and find out what works for them to both be pleased. I think that you know, I don't know what the foreplay is like, but I know that one thing I found with men in my experience, they don't understand that foreplay, sex, and oral sex are three different things. So Absolutely. I think that. She has to understand, you know, it may, you know, they can, you can bring toys in, a lot of other things that may be able to stimulate you in different ways that you Mm -hmm. want to last longer because, you know, just from experience, five or 10 minutes make me upset. I'm upset. (laughs) (laughs) I'm mad over here. Here's my, my, okay, wait, 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 wait. Here's my question because, because maybe she's a five or 10 minute girl and she's good. Right. And she's like, right. I've got everything that I need to get. Yeah. I only need more. So now my question is, is he spending 30, 45 minutes for him to finish? Mm. Or is he trying to do something for her? Again, this would need to be something in the conversation. Yeah. Like if, if she That's was true. to have a conversation and say, look, after five to 10 minutes, I've, I have finished. I'm good. I'm really happy about, you know, what we've done. And he yeah. can be like, oh, okay, I've been putting in a lot of work thinking that I had to do all of that. Not knowing that you was good. Cause yeah, that's true. Down to five to ten minutes too. I, I, I don't <laughs> right? Like if that's the case, shoot, I can go back to watching. We don't have to spend a whole Netflix episode with this. Like I exactly. thought, I thought this is what you wanted, and she's like, "No, nah, I've been done." Right, you know, right. So, <laughs> and that's where that communication come in. Like if y'all, I mean, if, I mean, because some we have to be honest at this point. Sexual conversations have to be happening. Like if we're doing it, we're talking about it. Like. I'm going to tell you what I don't want, what I don't like. You can tell, you present yours. We see where we meet in the middle. And we, no, we see if we need to reorder those things, you know, something like that. In the midst of so. it happening, we talking. Is that good? Is that okay? You tired? You tired. What's going on? Like, <laughs> I t- you know, we have a lot of active conversations while it's happening, but that's when you are very comfortable with who you are with, that nobody is getting offended. And even mm-hmm. If you're with a person that, you know, 30, 45 minutes, maybe what they do most times, it may be sometimes like, you know, that's cool. But again, um, back to what Morgan said, he may have been doing that because he thought that's what she needed. Because she yep. it's, only been, it's only been five months of this. Right. right? Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to make sure you good before we get to a point where we can level out. 
Yeah, eventually. Eventually, you will. Okay, cool. Comes eventually, sis. So you gotta, you gotta figure that out. So, so have the conversation, boom. Because if you don't, conversation, figure out what's wrong or what's right. Figure out if y'all can meet in the middle, and you have to make the final decision from there because it's you that's at the end of the day with this man. So. Hopefully you all can figure that out and get on one accord as soon as possible. So like this listener did, please send in your living single segment questions to the website, or you can send them on Instagram or Facebook to be single or not to be. And we'll be right back with the resolution. And now this brings us to the resolution segment. So ladies, tell us what are your final thoughts in regards to surrendering to your own happiness? More so you can say, you know, how do you think ultimately overall, we talked about a lot of things. How do you think people can get just to a place of allowing their happiness to supersede everything else, especially in relationships? Hmm. I would say, well, number one. Is this a struggle? No. I know. And the, and the struggle is that people don't think that happy, that there is happiness out there for them. All of us have happiness. All of us deserve it. All of us can achieve it. All of us can create it. Yeah. Um, so like you said, you have to be open and you have to recognize that it is possible for you. It's not just specific people that can have happiness. Um, I would also say that you putting your happiness above all else is not selfish. No. Um, and don't fall into that mindset because if you being happy is taking care of yourself, that's self-preservation, that's you know navigating your life in the space that you want to be. So don't feel that your happiness has to come behind everything else. It definitely is not a selfish act. Right. And finally is, like you said, we've all been able to state some things that we know that makes us happy, but also know that those things may not always be the same. You know, what makes you happy this year may not make you happy next year and be okay with that. Don't question that. Well, dang, you know, maybe that didn't really make me happy. No, that made you happy at that time. But, you know, you can always be happy or have additions or subtractions to your happiness as far as like what makes you happy, but just own those moments and how you're growing in your own happiness. Absolutely. And what would you say, Morgan? Um, my resolution would be, you know, going back to what I said earlier about, like, most of us really do have an upper limit problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, happiness is a mindset, yeah, a decision absolutely. that you make every day, you know? And if you're listening and you feel like, well, you know, other people are, are always happy or or happiness only is, is only deserved by a certain few, and I'm not that few, um, everyone deserves happiness, just those who decide to be happy and decide to figure out what makes them happy and decide to let happiness come into their lives and surrendering to happiness are the ones that receive it. Yeah. So you have to make the decision and are you going to make the decision to be happy, to change your mindset and make sure that you're, you're one of the people who's happy in the world. Everyone's not going to change their mindset. Every no, it, it's not. It, everyone's not going to do it. Period. Right. Every a lot of people are going to still let that upper limit problem hinder them and keep them at a very mediocre space. Yeah. Is that going to be you? Yeah. You're in control of that. That's the question. Absolutely. We'll leave it at that. Is that going to be you? I love mm-hmm. it. All right. So Morgan, tell the people where they can find you. 
Yeah, so I'm Morgan Bullock. You can find me on morganbullock.com, on Instagram and Twitter at morganbullock underscore, uh, and Facebook at the Morgan Bullock. I'm a life coach, a speaker, author. Um, yeah, and I just do all the things that really help empower women, reframe their minds so that they can live the life that they deserve. Absolutely. We love to hear it. So guys, make sure you go out there, you support, because we all need the life coaching. We all need... <laughs> Yes, you need to change your mindset. We need the things. We need it. Yes, and your voice is so amazing. I love just to listen to it. It's so soothing. Listen. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Welcome. So be sure, be sure, be sure you go out and support, ladies and gentlemen. And on that note, give yourselves a round of applause for a wonderful episode. Tonight has been so insightful. I've walked away with quite a few gems. I know the listeners will. I think this is a conversation that you know. I think we can probably revisit like every season. But again. Thank you both for your participation, for coming on tonight. Your opinions are always valued and appreciated. And on that problem, we'll be right back with the Montana Minute. And now this brings us to the Montana Minute. The first thing, surrendering to your happiness is something that I think should be a priority for you. Our wholehearted happiness should take precedent over everything else because it deals with our most important relationship, which is the one with ourselves. The next thing, I encourage you to make a list of what surrendering to your own happiness looks like and feels like so that you can identify when you are in the thick of it or when you've moved away from it and need to get back to it. And the last thing, create the life that you want and creating the life you want will be dependent on where your happiness and where your peace lies. And that is 100% up to the work that you do on you. So be sure that you are following our Instagram page at to be single or not to be so that you can get a look at our upcoming apparel drop that's coming from the love collection drop two. So I leave you to decide to be single or not to be. That is the final question. Signing off yours truly, Shanna Montana.